There's never been a time in our history, especially in the American church, where we need great spiritual experiences. We need each of us being connected vitally to the person of Jesus Christ in our own personal life. So often we live life for Sunday morning, and then we go and we fight the world and we live for Sunday morning. But what would it be like if we really came to terms with the reality that Jesus Christ wants to meet with you every single day? Well, that's the call of our pastors and our elders for our church. Uh, many of us have been doing this the last couple of months, but starting October 1st, the call is we're going to start with the Gospel of John, and for uh, the next nine months or so, we're going to read one chapter a day and meditate on the Word of God. We're calling each of you, all of our visitors, to get into the New Testament and really discover what God has to say. You see, the early disciples, the Bible says that they took note that they had been with Jesus. And, and, and in Matthew 5, Jesus said, you know what you're going to be like? You're going to be like a city, Dennis, up on a hill. And people's going to look at you and they're going to see the life that you have. But the American church today was filled with depression, anxiety, bitterness, unforgiveness, hurt, pain. And dear friends, I'm telling you, that's not God's will for our life. That level of defeat is not what God desires. He's called you and I to abundance and to fullness. And I'm telling you right now that the solution I have for you that the elders and the pastors have for you is this, to meet God every single day and your life will radically change. I have three radical statements I want to give to you about those who meet God every day. Radical statement number one. Those who meet God every day, they have a strong desire and love for the Word of God. They meditate on this word. They long for this word. This word comes alive in their lives. Security, insecurity is replaced with security. Anxiety is replaced with peace. Bitterness is replaced with unforgiveness. Depression is replaced with joy because of this wonderful word. They meditate on it. They live it. They, they experience great awe, great adventure, great wonder because of God, because they meet with God. Isn't that cool? The second radical statement I want to say to those who meet with God every day, these are people who long to surrender their life to Him. They bow down to Him daily. They pour out their heart to Him and say, God, I just want you to fulfill your word in my life. God, I want you to do your purposes in my life. And then the third thing I want to say, third radical statement I want to say, is that the people who are meeting with God every day, they have incredible believing prayer. They have authority and they have power in Jesus' name. They're not whining. They're not wimp. They know that when they declare the word of God to be true in a situation, that it's going to happen. All this happens not because they just show up to church once a week. It happens because they meet with God every day and they know God. And these are the people that people around them look and say, surely they have been with Jesus. Look at these five passages. Matthew chapter 4, verse 4. And this is what our pastors and elders want us to get into us. Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. You know what Jesus is saying? He's saying this is what we live by. Not by, not by the bread alone, but by the word of God. Man, isn't that powerful? Look at this in 
Matthew chapter 7, Jesus said this, everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them, that person, look, look what God says about that person. This person is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The storms come. The struggles come. Life presses in on you, but you're going to be seen as a person who is wise, whose life is upon the rock. Look at this in John chapter 8. Jesus said to the Jews who believed in him, If you, Dennis, if you, Dennis, abide in my word, in my word, if you abide in this, this word is alive in you, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth. And look at this. The truth, Dennis, is going to set you free. Metamorphosis. I'm going to come out of my cocoon. My cocoon. I've got this cold thing going on, so I don't know. Whatever. I'm going to break out of that, and I'm going to be free. That's what happens with those who abide in the word daily. Look at this in John 15. Oh, this is that, that word prayer connection. If you abide in me, I love that phrase. My, and my words abide in you, Dennis. Then Dennis, at that point, at that point, I'm not doing rocket fires to God. Help me, God. Help me, God. No, the words abiding me, he says, then when that happens, whatever you wish, it will be done for you. I tell you, dear friends, the reason we don't see answer prayers in our life is because we're not abiding in the Word. And we're not praying the Word. We're praying our feelings. And we're praying these rocket, these flares up to God when we're in crisis. But the answer is to abide in His Word. Abide in Him. And then look at this in Hebrews 4. Hebrews 4 says, For the Word of God, oh, saints, the Word of God, it's living. It's active. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It pierces to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerns the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. This word, when it's inside me, becomes alive. It becomes active. Folks, let me tell you how spiritual development works. Five things. Number one, and this is true throughout all generations. It was true a thousand years ago. It will be true a thousand years from now. If a believer gets the word of God in their own personal life, if you meditate on this word, number one, and get that in you, you're going to grow. Number two, when this word, you lean upon it, you understand it, you dig into it, you gain insight, you gain revelation, you say, God, reveal how this applies to my life, you're going to grow. Number three, now that word you gain understanding, you meditate on faith starts to rise in you. You start really believing it. You look at that and say, I can do all things through Jesus Christ. All things do work together for good. My God shall supply all my needs. I do have a burden of life. I am more than an overcomer. God so loved me that he gave us. See, it becomes real in your life. And faith rises up inside of you. And when that faith rises up inside of you, number four, guess what happens? Now you gave the Holy Spirit something to work with. You've given him the word. You've given him your actions. You've given him your faith. And now the Holy Spirit says, wow, I got a believer that I could do something with. And then number five, you're going to see great things happen in your life. Oh, dear saints, be a part of our vision. Come, walk with us. Let's get in the Word every day. And now Pastor Daniel is going to share how personal relationships and community is going to help us grow as well. Amen. Thank you, Dennis. Uh, so you saw the beginning of our kind of symbol here. Uh, the bottom was Jesus in us. 
He's working, and Dennis just talked about just the excitement that comes out of Jesus, that daily time with Jesus and with God. What wells up in our lives from that? And so what I want to talk about now is kind of the extension of that. See, a lot of times in church, we think of just our relationship with God. And we think about we've got to be good with our relationship with God. But actually, when we see in the Gospels is that the, how this is shown to be good is how you treat other people that you will know that you are my disciples by how you love others. And so I want to talk about what it looks like to get, to get connected in those horizontal relationships. And first I want to talk about some of the dangers of not being connected in community. So uh, if you guys, some of you guys are reading right now in Luke. Some of us have already ch- started some of the chapter a day. Uh, we wanted to just really try this out, really pour into this. Uh, before we launch this on October 1st. So some of you guys are in Luke chapter 8 today. And in Luke chapter 8, Jesus is actually talking about the parable of the seeds. And what's really interesting about the parable of the seeds is that there's there's four different scenarios where the seeds are scattered. One goes on the road, and that's uh, one where the devil just snatches it right up. And there's no opportunity right there. The second two are when the seed uh, falls on rocky soil and when it falls among the thorns. And the reason that the seed doesn't flourish when it falls in rocky soil is because when temptation comes, when trials come, when hard times come, the roots aren't deep enough. And I think about the Word of God when I think about that. When the words, when you, when you, when you are digging into the Word every single day and experiencing God's promises, your roots grow deep. You go stronger in situations. You are like that man that's built on the rock. And when the storms come, the house remains. And then you have the other seed that is, actually, that is scattered amongst the thorns. And this one comes up and everything's going well, but all of a sudden it's choked. This, this plant, it doesn't flourish. It doesn't produce a harvest because of what's kind of going on around it. It's the world that's pulling it against it. It's the, the pleasures, the cares, the worries, uh, the riches. All these things are, are really snuffing this, this plant out. And so what I want to talk about in the, the I guess, the why community is so vital is that as much as you want to spend time in the Word, and especially as much as you come Sunday to Sunday, it's going to be impossible for you to experience that growth, but not only that, that great harvest that we hear about in that parable, unless you are connected with people. You see, God built us that way. He built us to stay connected with people. And, and so yeah. uh, some of the, the danger is that you're just... God, and it's not that we want you necessarily to do this so that we can, like, we don't have a board back here where we check mark people that are following what we're saying, you know, and like, oh, they did it, yay, you know, good for us. No, we want you to experience the abundant harvest that's talked about in that parable. We want you to flourish because Christ has not only come alive in you because of that daily time, but now you're connected with other people, and you're being sharpened, and you're becoming the follower of Jesus that he desires you to be, and you're experiencing that abundant life that he offers us. And so why, why is community so important? I just talked about it from a personal perspective there, but I want to talk about what it looks like to be uh, one anothering each other, which sounds really weird, but I'll explain it in just a little bit. Uh, a lot of times, I would say at, at our core, we want to be two things. We want to be known, and we want to be loved. When we are known but not loved, we feel guilt. We feel shame. 
We feel rejection. We feel that we've put ourselves out there and we're not received and we're not accepted. When we're known, when we're, when we're loved but not known, we experience this kind of image management. We become almost imaginary because honestly, people love the image that you're projecting and not necessarily you. And when people like that image that you project, the sad reality is that they don't really like you because they don't know you. And so uh, ultimately, we, we end up trying to manage that. So we have our, our Facebook image. We have our Instagram image. And when we're constantly doing that, what inevitably happens is that we stop growing. We get older, but we stop growing. We stop getting better. We stop getting finer. So when you, but when you find a group of people where you feel that sense of being known and loved at the same time, whether it's a healthy group or not, you identify with those people. Those are those people that are like, those are my people. I can be real with those people, right? And so when you find those two things, you cling to it. It's powerful. And you know what's amazing? is that that's supposed to be ultimately found in the church. And for many of you, you would say that's not your experience. That's not what you experienced in the church. And, and when we read in the New Testament, I want to throw out a couple of verses. And I want to challenge you with, uh, or even just show you what the church is supposed to look like. So in James 5:16, James says this, Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray to one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. So I, what I want us to do is I want us to all stand up. No, I'm just joking. I'm really, this is part of the analogy. Everybody, I saw people getting ready to go. I was like, wait on a second. Uh, so uh, I want us to stand up, find somebody you don't know, and I want you to confess your deepest, darkest secret to them, your deep, deepest sin. All right? And I, and I want you to not go first. You, you should probably not go first. Get the other person to go first, right? No, that doesn't happen. Like, you don't see that because that's not, that's not, it wouldn't work here. It doesn't work in this environment, right? <laughs> All right, here's another scripture. <laughs> All right, Hebrews 10, uh, 24 through 25. It says, let us consider how to stir up, or even some versions say spur, one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet uh, together as some have the, ha- have as in, as the habit of some, but encourage one another and all the more see uh, to, as you see the day drawing near. Jeez, sorry. Um, okay. So now I want you guys to all walk around, find a stranger, and I want you to just spur them to good works. And that's going to be so superficial. You're like, yay, you, go, go. What's your name again? I mean, I don't know. What, so that doesn't, it doesn't work that way. You can't do that. All right, here's another one that we see in the New Testament. It says... Uh, Dear uh, brothers and sisters, if a believer is overcome by some sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back on the right path. All right, so uh, this is kind of like some versions say catch. So what you want to do is I want you to, if you guys know somebody's in sin, I want you to just go up to them right now and say, I know you're in sin. Now I'm going to gently and humbly get you back on the right path. Is that good? Are you good with that? <laughs> See, realistically, this, this doesn't work, right? But, and then it also says share each other's <laughs> burdens, right? How are you going to share my burden if you don't know my burden? If you don't know me? But in this way, we're obeying the law of Christ. The law of Christ is that horizontal relationship. The law of Christ says that you, that, uh, you should love others the way that God through Christ has loved you. And that's what happens when we start doing this. However, 
We don't see this in this type of Sunday-to-Sunday setting. And to be honest, maybe that's why you're experiencing a lot of frustration. Maybe that's why you're experiencing that cycle that you just can't seem to break. Maybe people love you. Maybe you're experiencing good community. But maybe the problem is that people just don't know you. Or maybe you're not allowing yourself to be known. And so what I want to say is that the church is supposed to look like this, but this doesn't happen Sunday to Sunday. This has to happen in smaller communities. That's right. This has to happen. And the way we do this, the way we put this together, is in our 222 groups. Our 222 groups are designed for you to be known and loved. It says in uh, another verse I, that it says here is in um, Romans 15. Put that one up. Romans it says, therefore accept each other just as Christ has accepted you. See, in a 222 group, you're going to find, hopefully, and we're not all perfect, but you're going to find a lot of these things. You're going to be known. You're going to be loved and accepted. But just how Jesus accepted me and accepted each one of you, he accepted you with an agenda. He accepted you not so you could just stay as you are. Good parents don't do that. If you see your children are heading in the wrong direction, you still love them and accept them, but you want them to experience more. You want them to experience what they ha- what's, what's on the other side, or they want them to turn away from something that's going to hurt them. And so just like that, you're accepted in our communities, but we want to see God, through Jesus, transform you. We want to see him transform you so that then you will be able to experience the abundant life that God has for you. Like I said, this isn't so we can mark tallies or anything like that. We want you to be the best possible you that Christ intended from the beginning of time. And we personally believe that that happens in these ways, in spending time in the Word every single day, letting your roots grow deep, getting in a community of people that love you, that are real, that know you, and that are spurring you onto good works, that are carrying your burdens. That's a safe place to confess sin that's accepting of you, that's loving you, that's serving you, because that's what Jesus has called the church to be. And guys, imagine, imagine when people experience that, what that's just going to do. What's that's going to do to this community? What's that's going to do to this church? And so you may see some people that have these name tags on them. They are 222 group leaders. Come, talk to them. Uh, We have sermon notes, and there's going to be an opportunity to respond in those sermon notes if you want to get connected in a group. But I would urge you, implore you, Guys, there's so much. There's so much that Jesus wants to do in you, and I don't want you to be that seed that just sprouts up and then just gets pulled back, gets choked by the worries of life, by the condemnation of others, and then doesn't get a chance to experience what God has. So we love you guys, and Pastor Phil's going to come up. Wow. Wow. This is awesome. Isn't it awesome? I think so. And that's why we're committing our lives to this, because we see it in Scripture. I'm so thankful to have Brother Dennis and Pastor Daniel as not just leaders in this church, but dear friends, mentors, coaches, uh, to keep me growing in Christ's likeness, to keep me encouraged, 
and supported. Everyone needs it. If you just look at the life of Jesus in the last two points, we went from the foundation. Uh, can you show that, David, the foundation of the logo? Jesus in me. Jesus in me. Do you know that Jesus, from the point where he could learn, was learning God's word? He didn't just come. He did come as God, but he didn't come just knowing everything. He was also human. And so he had to learn and grow up as we do. He was, he was tempted in every, in every way. He, he went through everything we as humans go through, but without sin. And Jesus, we even see in, in Luke 1, I'm so glad we're reading that, it's coming to life in my life again. And in, in Luke chapter 2, I believe it is chap, chapter 2, we see Jesus in the temple learning from the word of God. We see Jesus learning to the point where Mary and Joseph are a day to two days out and they finally realize Jesus isn't with them. And they go back and hear Jesus is teaching and people are blown away. Age 12. And then the word of God says that he began to grow in wisdom and favor in the Lord's anointing. And then scripture drops off and we don't pick up with Jesus until he starts his ministry. Do you realize that Jesus lived a life daily with the Father? Daily learning and memorizing and allowing that word to come alive in him. And then Jesus himself, when he starts his ministry, what do we see? He's just the lone bandit, right? No. He surrounds himself with community. He surrounds himself with the twelve. He surrounds himself with the 70 and the 120 and the masses and the thousands as he's proclaiming the gospel. But then what happens after ministry is he surrounds himself with the three. John, James, and Peter. Even Jesus knew that the strength and life and growth comes from being in community. And he modeled that for us. And now we're going to look at the next part of Jesus to others. Not just Jesus in me, which that is important. And by the way, if you are doing Jesus with others and you're in community but you're not daily with the Father, you're not going to get much out of community and you're not going to have much to give. And so often we go through, well, this is my church, we're going to community group on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, whatever it is, and you have nothing to give, and you leave with not a whole lot. It's because you're not daily with the Father, allowing Him to fill you with His living water. And so then, if we do the daily time with God, and we're living life in community with one another, then we're going to see fruit in our lives. Agreed? We're going to see spiritual fruit in our lives. And that fruit looks like this. Each of you, each of you are going to be on mission. You will not need the pastor's permission to put you on mission. You will not need an outreach committee at the church to create and plan big outreaches for the community. They're important. But if we're not on mission ourselves, then the events themselves are not going to be effective. Because we're throwing an event, not bringing them Jesus. 
So individually, we're on mission. Individually, we're on mission. Let's show this in um, Matthew 25, verses 35. For I was hungry, God speaking, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. And he said, as you do to the least, so you do unto me. Individually, when we are in the Word, we're experiencing life change. And we're growing together in a community. You will individually have a passion for the lost. You will have a passion for the least of these around you. You will have a passion for those who are blind and are hurting. And you will not wait for the church to get up on Sunday and the pastor to get up on stage and say, you need to go be the hands and feet of Jesus because you will realize that you are the hands and feet of Jesus. So what does it look, to be, look like to be on mission? We see it in Luke 8. It's not on the screen, but in Luke 8. Just like he mentioned with the soils. When planted in good soil, you reap a harvest a hundredfold. And so what this means is we're growing like Jesus and we're producing what? Jesus. It's the Sunday school answer, right? We're growing like Jesus and we're producing Jesus in all we do, in everything we say, in everything and everywhere. That's being on mission. It's because you're in his presence. And so now we see you on mission individually, serving the least of these, being the love and the compassion of God to others around you. And then we see you be on mission in community together. Community, 222s. Groups of believers coming together like we see in Acts. 2, verses 44 through 45. And all who believed were together. Wait a minute. What's that say? And all who, who believed were, were together. Sometimes they all met corporately, which we're going to get to in a minute, but a lot of times they were meeting in homes, in family groups, in 222s in the Bible. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as had need. They were on mission as a community. They were serving those in need for the sake of the gospel. Are you individually on mission with a passion for the lost, are you? And are you connected in a community who is on mission to present the gospel by meeting people's needs? And thirdly, we want to be a body, a church body at ECC corporately. All of us together on Sundays. We want us to be on mission as well. And that just looks differently than you and your community groups on mission and you as an individual follower of Christ on mission. Let's look at John 13. Pastor Daniel mentioned this as well. A new commandment I give to you that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples. 
if you love one another. That's how we're on mission on Sunday morning, is we love one another, and when we leave this building, not the church, this building, then we're still loving one another and meeting one another and meeting people's needs. And as we're in the Word daily with the Father, we're on mission with Him. Let that soak in for a minute. And I'm going to close out this point with this quote. If we desire to be in the community, I believe everyone's hearts here and listening are pure. They want to be out in the community. They want to do outreach events. We, we have a community called Blanchester and communities around us that many, are you, many of you are from. Goshen, Wilmington, Morrow, Milford, Loveland. And we have a heart to bring Christ and to serve that community. But we have to understand one thing. If we desire to be in the community as a church, by the way, church is defined as a people, like I said in the video, not a building. If we desire to be in the community to make a difference, then we need to be sure that we are in his presence, allowing the difference to be made in us first. Otherwise, we will be trying to make a difference to reach out in our own strength, in our own way, in our own feelings, and sadly, in our own agenda. We need to be in his presence, church, so that when we go out, wherever we are, we are reaching out to a world in need. And finally, we're going to look at the final piece of the puzzle. As you can see, it's starting to form a picture. Let's look at the final piece. is lifting up Jesus together. In Acts, we see it. The Scripture says that they met daily in each other's homes, but then they also went to the temple and rejoiced and praised God and worshipped together. That's how Sundays should be. But sadly, in our culture, we have made Sundays church. We've placed a building on a piece of property and we've called that church. So everyone who's walking in their walk and they're, they're daily struggling, well, they're going to go to church. They live Sunday to Sunday, Sunday to Sunday, Sunday to Sunday, and we wonder why they've been Christians for 50 years and they're still an infant. They're still wearing their spiritual bib and carrying their bottle. That's not what church is meant to be, a Sunday-to-Sunday thing. Church is a people. Church is you and you and you with a daily personal relationship with Jesus. Living in community together. I hear so many people, and I, I love you if you're one that says this, well, I can be a Christian and not go to church. This is what I agree with. You can go, you can be a Christian and not come on Sunday. Because Sunday is for worship and lifting Jesus' name on high, growing in teaching. You can be a Christian and not come on Sunday once in a while. You can miss church Sunday. But you cannot be a part of a church that Jesus said is a people. You cannot be a Christian 
and grow spiritually more like Jesus without being in community. You cannot. It's like putting seed on rocky soil with thorns and expecting it to grow. Sunday mornings is not meant to feed you and charge your battery until you come back next Sunday. If you expect the church on Sunday to do that for you on a big platter, you're going to be disappointed here. You're going to be disappointed. Because that's not how Jesus designed the church. So Sunday's for us from this point on, and we're starting to experience it, guys, is you guys are coming from your personal walk with Jesus, learning from Jesus, walking with Jesus, worshiping Jesus, praying to and with Jesus, loving your spouse as Jesus, loving your children as Jesus, walking with your spouse and your children in the Word a chapter a day with Jesus. Then on Sundays, guess what? It's not about you. It's not about you. It's not about you. It's about coming together and lifting Jesus up and pouring into other people who need it, who are hurting and struggling. And so often we make church about us and we wonder why we're not growing. We're not here anymore. If you're hurting, if maybe you're not personally walking daily with the Lord, that's okay. Come on Sundays. We're going to love you, but we're going to encourage you to spend daily time with Jesus. If you're not in a community, there's no condemnation there. We're not going to judge you. That's okay. But we're going to encourage you to connect with people because we know that when you're connected to a group that wants to be more like Jesus and be on mission, you're going to grow. Then on Sunday morning, guys, we come and we tear the roof off this building because it's not about the building anyways. Sundays are no longer the end game. Can you imagine if every one of us right now in this room came completely full from spending time with Jesus? Do you realize where even worship from today could go? Do you realize what Sunday afternoons would be when we leave the building? We would leave absolutely overflowing. Not looking forward to Sunday anymore, but looking forward to Monday. Because that's our time with Jesus. That's when our week starts. Yes, we're going to grow together on Sunday mornings. Yes, we're going to serve one another. But when you all come full with your walk with Jesus, we don't have to pull teeth to get you to go and serve and minister to children. You're going to want to. Because you have so much to give. And that's what Jesus has called us to do. So if you wouldn't mind, if you don't have the sermon notes out already, would you pull that insert out, please, everybody? This is very important as the band comes up. Sermon notes are for you to take. Maybe you're writing on your phone and that's okay. Could you show the uh, full logo, David, of Elevation Community Church? This is what we want to experience. And that circle that goes all the way around, that is a consistent circle, and that is called transformation. That is our vision. But guys, our vision, God's vision, Scripture can't happen unless you, followers of Christ, believers, those who call yourself Christians, can I compassionately and humbly say something to you? Those of you who call yourself a Christian, 
follower of Jesus, step up. Step up. Put that name of Jesus on your heart. Step up like those people who are being persecuted and losing their children and their lives for the name of Jesus. If Jesus really has changed your life, step up and own it. And see the harvest that Jesus wants for your life. What do you want to be known for? Well, we at ECC, we want to be known for a people who love and follow Jesus, are in His presence and His Word daily, living life with others on mission to save the lost and coming together as a family to lift Jesus up with everything we have. If that's you, and you want to be a part of that, we want you to commit to be all in. We have a little tab on the bottom of those sermon notes. We're not going to take attendance. We're not going to take a tally. But what we want you to do, just like a marriage covenant that we sign, that we're all in, we want you to be all in. Maybe you serve on a ministry team already and you consider that your spiritual family. That's awesome. Some of you can do both. You can serve on a ministry team and some of you can then be in a community group. If God's leading you to do both, great. But be connected to a community. Whatever it is, we want you to be in a 222 group. Why? Not program, but life change. And finally, I want to put a slide up here called a chapter a day starting October 1st we as a church at Elevation Community Church are going to do something we call a chapter a day we're going to read the book of John a chapter a day spouses you can read it together or read it separately and talk together at the dinner table parents you want to disciple your children best way read the word of God together we're going to do it we're going to do it we're going to go there we're coming back shamelessly we're going to go there would you all stand with me I am going to have you sit for this song but I want you to stand for this prayer this is my prayer it's on the screen show us your heart we are coming back to you nothing else will do. Would you pray that with me? Ready? God, show us your heart. We are coming back to you. Nothing else will do. Can we do that one more time, even louder? Ready? God, show us your heart. We are coming back to you. Nothing else will do.